0: You're listening to The Big Finish Podcast, launched on the 8th of November 2020.
1: Hello? Listen, where are you? If you're being held against your will, I'll do all I can to help you. I promise you that. I won't leave you. Not again.
0: Lovely to be in your ears. Oh, it's nice in here. Well, welcome to the Big Finish Podcast. I'm Benji, he's Nick, and this week it is, of course, all about the Daleks. Yes. That's right, last week it was all about the Daleks, but this week it's seriously all about the Daleks
2: again. Uh, So that's because we're re-releasing Dalek Empire as a special download collection this week, actually. The latest Time Lord Victorious release features Daleks apparently working alongside the Eighth Doctor, And we're releasing the second part of Shadow of the Daleks with the fifth Doctor caught up in a severely Dalek-orientated mystery. It's a bit of a Dalek cocktail, isn't it? It's total Dalek cocktail. It's the only ingredient.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll be going behind the scenes with The Enemy of My Enemy by Tracy ann Baines when you'll hear Paul McGann uh, talking about the biggest thrill of his life.
3: Teaming up with the Daleks has been the biggest
4: thrill of my life.
0: David Tennant will be talking about Dalek Empire 3 by Nick Briggs.
4: Such good fun. And they're so well written and so well cast.
0: And Peter Davison in our 15-minute drama tease of Shadow of the Daleks
2: 2 Echo Chamber by Jonathan Barnes. And you can absolutely bank on our regular features. Bank on them. Come on. yes. Uh, We look at the latest reviews of the Sixth Doctor and perry box set, only one that is uh, we delve into your email center podcast at bigfinish.com and the randomoid selectotron offers you a 25 that's two five percent discount ding on dong. a randomly selected big finish ding dong release uh, can't say fairer than that
0: But before all that, let's have a chat about the Daleks. Oh, Everyone's always yes, asking, please. "What is yeah. it about the Daleks that
2: makes them so popular?" What do you think? Well, well, I'm always being asked this question. So first off, I'm interested in your answer, Benji. My well, it's that I think it's it, there are two factors
0: to it, and they're obviously basically encompass all of it. But first and foremost, is the design itself is gorgeous and so quintessential sixties. Mm. It just is, you know, no matter what it is. Whether it's a, a compost bin in the garden or a dustbin, or yeah. people will say, "Oh, it looks a little bit like a Dalek," you know, yeah. and that's that's absolutely burnt into our into our brains. You know, that's part of British culture. And of course the other thing as well is the voice, you know, no, it's the same thing really. No matter what it is, if a computer starts talking at you in a slightly aggressive tone or a teacher that shouts a lot, you, the immediate thought for for people all around the world is oh it sounds like a Dalek, I'm being shouted at like a Dalek, it's bleating orders at me. And so I think these these factors have been around almost for su- such a long time that here we are yeah. now. And it's just part of, it's like Darth Vader, you know, uh, I am your father. These yes, things are so yes. quoted and so used that, that they are, they just are part of, cult. you know, our culture. So that's what I think. I think it's those things, obviously back in the day, I mean, it was unlike anything we've ever seen before. That's what yeah. I think. That's for television, you get these uh, quite good looking monsters turning up. Yes, and that's enough looking statistic sophisticated. They <laughs> had bow ties and slick back hair, and of course know, dome. Yes, but you you know I, that's what I think.
2: I, I think they're they're yeah. some, they're just special. I think you've summed it up perfectly. Moving on, no. Um, <laughs> I, I was what I was rewatching. Sorry, my phone's pinging. It was the Daleks saying, "I hope you're being nice about me." <laughs> uh, um, I um. I was re-watching Dalek last... Sorry, not Dalek, The Daleks, oh, the first one last night. Both are good, solid choices, uh, yeah. to be
0: fair.
2: Well, yeah, they are, that's true. And, um, you know, The Daleks really is, you know... I mean, obviously the first Doctor Who story is fantastic and I love watching it, The Unearthly Child, and then what happens next with... Where has the fire gone? studies are <laughs> <laughs> But, um... Really, Doctor Who starts with the Daleks Terry Nation created the template of what And of course, Doctor Who carried on not being like the Daleks Because all the scripts had been commissioned But really, when Doctor Who really sorts itself out It takes the Terry Nation template of what Doctor Who should be The threat thing And there's really real threat in the Daleks Especially when they're dying of radiation sickness and all that It's really kind of quite harrowing Uh, um, You know, that bit where uh, There's a bit where Ian... Um, helps Barbara to rest the doctor's on his you know is fading fast and he says you just lie down and then he realises when he's helped her that the paralysed effect from the Dalek gun which was stopping him from walking has worn off and it's only when he puts Barbara down that you can see he thinks I can walk again and he's really pleased and then suddenly he gets a stab of pain in his stomach where the radiation sickness is killing him and it's really you know you think for a moment that he's actually going to be sick you know it's really that he kind of oh, goes and it's just and then he sort of has his fist against the door to wheel susan on to come back with the radiation drugs it's really very affecting stuff
0: when you think I, about it as well with the, with that whole scenario and it's it's you know especially the doctor who we didn't know was you know at this point could regenerate yes, is the only person he's the only person in control of you know he's whisked everybody away to a completely alien place which the viewers are the viewers let's put it as well aren't comfortable yet with traveling you know now we 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 want to
2: travel everywhere and yeah we say so what's planet. next doctor well, what's your next planet we, we want yeah we want Absolutely. to know but in those days it's frightening and difficult yeah
0: so so there's nobody in control and so you know ian being the, the teacher and and especially in the 60s the male teacher this is, sounds awful but this was the 60s he's now He's now incapacitated,
2: so to speak. Yeah, and, and he's falls... the main character. Let's make no bones about it. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. He is, the you Doctor know... is not the main character in these stories.
0: It's it's absolute, and and of course it falls to um, it falls to Susan, the young girl, the youngest, the the most inexperienced out of all of them in this. It falls to her to take the burden of responsibility to go out and and. Try to save them. And that itself is, that is, exce- you know, it's exciting, isn't it? It's incredibly yes.
2: edge of the seat television. Quite amazing. And she has to keep running in front of that revolving background of the jungle <laughs> raising past her. <laughs> Must have been a great trial. Um, but watching it, I was thinking when I saw some of the first scenes with the Daleks when they're talking amongst themselves and they're moving around and those props, you know, they're brand spanking yep. you. Yeah. And they just look so amazing, and I just, I just thought, what would people think back in those days watching these things? There'd never been anything quite as smart as a Dalek prop on television or film up until then, had there? I mean, it was a unique design, very striking, and the, you know, and the horrible voices—they're electronic, and they put so much reverb on them, didn't they? Met- they metallic just sounded,
0: spring yeah. reverb as well. So it's cold.
2: Yeah. There's nothing warm about it. Even though, of course, their dialogue is a little bit more emotional than later Dalek dialogue, isn't it? Yeah, I feel that weight, you know, they say yeah. things like that. And even, um,
0: you know, the pain as well, the ha-ha-ha-ha-ha, that's, that's <laughs> vulnerability straight away,
2: you know, like, you know whereas that, that rarely happens now. But as you brilliantly summed up, you know, they eventually the Daleks became a byword for anyone um, that you felt was... Not emotional enough, not not paying attention to human details. You know, famously, years and years later, the acclaimed, quite rightly so, author Dennis, Pot- Dennis Potter, when he was cross with the BBC, he made a reference to a director general or head of programmes or someone being a cro- speaking like a croak-voiced Dalek. Uh, you know, and 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 everyone knew that he that meant Dennis Potter was really cross. <laughs> you know, to say something so insulting, because to say someone is like a Dalek is to say that they are devoid of all humanity. So they've become that that byword, really. But the one thing I made a note here to talk about, I said, mentioned smallpox, which I know is a really weird thing I to saw say. That. But, <laughs> well, something that I've often said about the Daleks, and every interview I say in this bit gets cut out, so it won't get cut out because I do the editing of this podcast. I'm in control. Um, one that when you look at a Dalek, I've got a little toy one right here you see these um these rows of of bumps on the the yeah. bottom side there and we look at them we think sort of a sort of it's like a cool sci-fi thing but you see in those days smallpox had not been eradicated and it was still there was still quite a fear of a, a potential smallpox em- epidemic 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 and uh you know there were movies made about it and you know and um, uh, people dying in their thousands you know and the awful situation we're currently in in the world with uh, the COVID-19 but the thing is that one of the uh, overt symptoms of smallpox was raised bumps like these and when you see photographs of people who've got smallpox and loads and these collections of bumps the first thing as a mad Doctor Who fan you think of that looks like a load of bumps (laughs) on a Dalek And yet that's on people's faces and on their bodies. And I think that the rows of bumps, I think that those in themselves were quite, I don't think people saw the bumps and went, oh, bumps, I'm scared. But it's an unpleasant association. Absolutely,
0: yeah, I can can totally agree with you on that one. of something
2: that's inimical to human existence. You know, smallpox could wipe out the world's population and the Daleks could wipe out the Thals. You know, anything that was nasty, I think, you know unconsciously Ray Kuzek put those on the Daleks because that was a nasty thing the Daleks have a rash on them you know a mechanical a mechanical, um, a mechanical metallic, version. metallic rash yeah I think that that's that's a design influence and I think that's that's an important thing that's you know never been said publicly about the Daleks and call me bonkers but that's i think was one of the but it it all feeds into the idea of the daleks being such an incredible design you know it's this bizarre thing that they are in some ways you look at them and their collection of utensils and radiator pieces and they could they sort of look a bit heath robinson but at the same time they're terrifying and that, that fits into the british tradition of mocking um the, the monstrous like mocking Hitler for having a funny moustache and, and saying that Napoleon was short when he actually wasn't that particularly short for a man of that era in history but you know just belittling and and the Daleks you know are are terrifying but also strangely ludicrous but they're ludicrous right up until the point they scream at you and um fire a death ray at you
0: (laughs) and that's and that's the that's the key isn't it really is it's 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 remembering their threat at all times because you know you can get you know we go right into doctor who destiny of the daleks doctor throws a hat over a dalek's eye and runs around and it's all a bit silly but at the same time you know later on you've got exploding daleks and daleks that that awful scene where they're just killing people they're just killing those slaves you know it's I mean it's awful because you know they, they, they don't really do a lot to resist and sort of sit down when they're shot but it's still cold mechanical killing yeah yeah, yeah I, totally I mean my I, I remember the first time I, I heard um, power of the Daleks um, heard God that's crazy um, and oh, was I saw just saw it Oh you lucky thing you know and the, the massacre and the fact that some somebody somewhere decided that that was cool to put on telly. You know, yeah, because there's yeah. not really any, there's nothing particularly redeeming about that story. There's no great lesson at the end of it that the Daleks are overcome and killing is wrong. It's just killing. They just kill everything. Yes, it, it's absolutely brutal. And um, in some, I love that way. We're just we're go, absolutely going for it with this. But um, <laughs> but in a way, you know, that's what made Dalek when it came back on the television so good because it was a it it was brutal and it reminded you that these creatures are to be feared.
2: And that's it, you see, because the Daleks are, you know, in some respects, never going to be taken seriously by a serious adult because they they look so clunky and weird. The Daleks allowed Doctor Who to be brutal because you can be brutal when it's something that is patently ridiculous. But the brutality in the story still comes through and I do I think the Daleks are a bit like um, when someone puts a sheet over their head and goes I'm a ghosty and kids know that they're meant to be scared they're not really scared of someone in a sheet and likewise (sighs) they're not really scared of the Daleks except that the Daleks the whole creation that is the Daleks the voice the movement the way they fire their guns that signals to a child i am scary and they buy into it to such a degree that some of them end up having nightmares <laughs> or have to hide behind the sofa so it's kind of um it's the daleks set up a, a, like a contract with us that and w- that we all accept that they are scary because of all <laughs> the key signs when in fact you know i mean i love them i can't be rotten about them but uh, you know And and also, you know, my whole enthusiasm about the the heroism that their evil inspires is what led me to um, create the Dalek Empire series. Uh, It was really an exciting thing to do that Jason gave me permission and, you know, and carte blanche to get on with it, really, um, where I wanted to put the Daleks in a situation where we would not feel secure that they would be defeated because there's no doctor in Dalek Empire. And that's the thing with the Doctor Who story, you know, and as Stephen Moffat has often said, and he certainly said it to me personally, he said, you know, the inevitability that the moment a Dalek arrives, that 45 minutes later or whenever, several episodes later, someone's gonna flick a switch and they'll all go crazy and blow up. You know, it's the inevitability of it. And that is the problem with the Doctor and the Daleks sometimes. And I'd reached a point where I thought, I wanna put put us in a situation where we don't know whether any of our leading characters are going to survive the Daleks may kill them all and throughout Dalek Empire right up until the last Dalek Empire the fearless Dalek Empire 4 the Daleks are winning we're in a scenario where the Daleks are winning and they are never utterly defeated in Dalek Empire that doesn't give anything away because it's a roller coaster ride and there are defeats and there are victories for both sides along the way but yeah I remember Jason saying to me it's going down really well, Nick. Can you stop killing off your main characters? <laughs> can we keep a few people alive so we can do another series? Which I dutifully and did with great um, pleasure.
0: Well, you know the the Dalek the Daleks are, are powerful and feared across the universe for a reason because they conquer and destroy. There are you know several Dalek wars, and. Um, and, and so there have to be victories, don't there, for the Daleks to, to make them. If they're always defeated, utterly defeated, um, mm-hmm. utterly defeated, I should say, um, then they, you wouldn't fear them in the same way. You know, part of the Dalek invasion of Earth, part of that is what well, that is fantastic is that when you get there, humanity is absolutely beaten to a pulp and the Daleks yeah, yeah. have won and everywhere's empty. You know, it's that scary
2: dalek empire is scary because for those precise reasons because the, the dalek- stakes are high and you just don't know do you and, and interestingly just talking about it now I realizing the whole thing about victory for the daleks i that chance the daleks chanting victory happens a lot in dalek empire so much so that <laughs> when i was putting together the trailer for the entire 18 episodes in uh, last night so i was finishing that off and it will feature later in this podcast you know the chant of victory of the dark that's how the trailer starts and that's how it ends with the daleks all going victory victory oh, victory yeah. so, so that's good. about uh, 50 versions of me <laughs> doing that chant so there you have it mm, exciting very, uh, we could very we could exciting. make this the dalek podcast and talk about it until the end of time but where the daleks
0: uh, win Um, But but there we go It's time to to shuffle on forward I
2: suppose So I guess we should get on With the latest reviews And as promised We're focusing on The 6th Doctor and Perry box set Volume 1
1: You are Dr John Smith And Miss Pepper Gilliam Brown That's us we are Dr. Freud three hundred and twenty-four and Dr. Freud's three hundred and twenty-six. We will be your therapist for your allotted hour.
5: What? From Big Finish Productions Doctor Who,
3: The Sixth Doctor and Perry, Volume One
6: We don't have a lot in common.
1: So what do you do together for recreation?
6: We do like exploring. It's quite the coincidence that you two should be looking for a lost tribe in the jungles of the Congo. Yeah, funny
1: that. Mm. So you would describe your relationship as healthy? Yes,
0: it's our experiences that have drawn us together, made us like a well-oiled team. What did I tell you about how dangerous it was for us to disrupt our own timelines? I forgot! It's fine for you to do
6: it, showing off, making yourself the center of attention. Because what? (laughs) You're the doctor. You know best. Perry,
0: do you believe that putting yourself in danger is a way to sustain your relationship? No. Come on, Perry, come on. Almost there now. Getting Perry involved in what I do is my way of protecting her. Otherwise, she just gets bored and wanders off and ends up in even more trouble.
7: You can't just leave
0: me here to die. Oh, but I'm not going to. You need to take responsibility for your own situation. Doctor! Oh, don't make this any harder than it already is, Perry. But I'm going to die! Yes, I'm I'm very sorry about that. Doctor, you
5: can't! Big Finish we love stories.
8: I'm home! And
0: all you have to do to listen to this beauty it's so simple is go to bigfinish.com, type in Sith Doctor and Perry, put that in the search pane at the top, and Bob is very much your uncle. Hello, Bob. Uncle Bob, um, the Dalek. <laughs> and first up, cultbox.co.uk says The Sixth Doctor and Perry Volume 1 is a welcome set
2: of Sixth Doctor and Perry stories. It's always a pleasure to spend time with this TARDIS team. Interestingly, someone wrote in about um, our pronunciation of Sixth. It's um, hard, saying, uh, the one, though, isn't it? Yeah, though? it's because uh, they saying, people are saying Sixth. Sixth. So they're missing out the X of X.
0: Sixth. It's, it's like... What's the, what's the feb- February? February, feb- February, February. So, February. Once February. you think about it, it becomes yeah. harder to say, doesn't yeah. it?
2: Most people say February, don't it's they? February. Like, like yeah. Americans say nuclear rather than nuclear. <laughs> and most, and uh, more and more English people are saying nuclear. Oh, it's driving me mad. Sixth. So sixth, 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 sixth. X is an interesting one. I tried to type zoom into my browser and I typed xzoom. So I typed with the X by mistake. Sounds and like that. Tri- <laughs> and, yeah, and then retyping, I typed Zoom, a three said. So you know, it was like a sleeping version of Zoom. i sex, Zoom. Anyway, IndieMacUser.co.uk says, Overall, the sixth Doctor and Perry volume one is one of the first volumes that has high potential for a series of adventures. Oh, one of those first volumes. Sorry, IndieMacUser. Uh, it presents four unique and excellent stories to the
1: Excellent!
2: Excellent! <laughs> Can't resist it. We just repeat what the others said. <laughs> it's so true. We just all want to. We just want to join in. <laughs> uh, and should be moved to the top of every listener's to-buy list, especially those who enjoyed the 2014 Salty Perry trilogy. I say, uh, Baker and Bryant knock it out of the park. I've used that phrase a lot, you know, recently. Knocked, Knocked it out, out of the out park. The park. I, wrote, I wrote to Luke Pietnik, one of our uh, sound designers recently, because he's just done the first episode of uh, Third Doctor adventure and i said you really knocked it out of the park here mate and he really had so no pressure on you for the one you're going to do for me
0: <laughs> <laughs> you've really just kept it in the park bench i mean yeah, it's, it's uh, barely it's it's not even left the park
2: it's on a bench somewhere you, you that actually, bench that no one wants to sit on <laughs> you and <laughs> it's got buried bird poo on it
0: <laughs> buried with <laughs> under a mound of bird poo and lots of flags of saying don't go near because it's
2: Rubbish. Um, I thought I'd let that <laughs> uh, little comment run its course because it, it seemed to have a lot of potential.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think it's I think it peaked at, at bird poo, doesn't it? Really?
2: <laughs> Is peaked that the, the review of this podcast? It peaks at bird poo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like you're sneaking a peek at bird poo. Anyway, yes. sorry about the poo reference. I hope Louise Jameson's not listening because she's appalled whenever I say poo. Um, <laughs> Baker and Bryant knocking out of the park, as I said half an hour ago, are uh, giving their character this relationship a further push towards the future. I've become slightly hysterical for no good reason. Uh, the biggest shame would be if this volume would join the ranks of other volume ones that were never granted volume twos. Okay, steady on. Oh, (laughs) 9.25 out of 10. Sorry. I thought that was some bizarre Captain's Log star date. (laughs) 9.25 slash 10. (laughs) No, that's actually Marks out of 10. That was the year the Daleks invaded Marks and Spencer, wasn't it?
0: That's Uh, that's right, yeah. I remember it well. remember (laughs) We are cult.rock, says the sixth doctor and Perry. I'm just going to annoy everybody by saying it as many annoying ways as possible now. The Um, the the sixth doctor. Um, In the end, uh, it proves itself to be one of the uh, denser and most engaging Big Finish sets of the year. There is a lot of uh, coerce between uh, the stories, a desire to engage with complex personal and political topics. And that, coupled with the chemistry between Bryant and Baker, feel like a powerful foundational act for a range. There is a lot of gold here already, and probably even more just waiting to be dug.
2: I say that's good isn't it I mean yeah uh, Nicola and Colin get on so well there's so much affection between them you know the two of them talk a lot I know when Colin was touring in theatre when he Colin always used to if possible drive home even if he was touring away, you know, for the week, he would try and drive home every night to get back to his wife and family. Aww. And so while he was driving through the night, you know, hands-free, he would he would phone Nicola and, you know, they would have late-night conversations <laughs> together. And this is years after they worked together on the telly. So it's amazing when you see those those friendships still blossoming. It was like, you know, f- frequently nearly moved to tears by Terence Dix and Barry Letts still being such great chums, you know. And, and uh, I don't know when uh, they stopped doing it, but certainly when I first met them, they told me that every week they went and had fish and chips together at a particularly special fish and chip restaurant that they could both get to. That's I just so love nice. the idea of Rafael and Sticks having fish and chips. Oh, something very English about that as well, isn't there? I love fish and
0: chips. Oh, yes, you do. Many a photo on my phone from you is, is of a, a, a <laughs> great old bit of cod.
2: It's usually hake, actually. Oh, hake's very good. Hake very tempura. Good. I did. Uh, I. I sent. Um, I've. I've got a photograph now, actually, of the just before the English lockdown. I went out for lunch. I'll come. i turn my phone. Off. Um, uh, went down to the seaside and had some hake for lunch. Oh, Lovely. Lovely. absolutely stuffed myself. Couldn't eat anything for the rest of the day. <laughs> sirensofaudio.com says oh it's dwayne bunny i expect uh the four doctors no sorry the four authors (laughs) have all found the voice of the leads perfectly it's great that isn't it to find the voice of the leading characters it is great having jacqueline rayner writing a new story as she always manages to find the heart of a subject and her take on the power of social media with a second story like manages to both make you laugh and yet see the very real danger of a society that only acts by likes and not what is right she manages to hold a mirror up to society without being preachy the other standout story for me was conflict theory the freudian puns and the psychology jokes thick and come thick and fast and writer nev fountain Actress Nicola Bryant's real-life partner spoils Perry with witty dialogue and some great action I wonder why Uh, Four great stories Here's hoping that there are many more box sets like this to come The message is coming through loud and clear And if the sales are good, there's no reason why we shouldn't the sails are good. Let us continue sailing.
0: Um, so just for some reason decided to, that we were on a ship. Um, Sci-fi Bulletin com says episode one in brackets. There, this is how we're going to do it. It's it's uh, split into four episodes paragraphs here um, Scott Hancock has assembled a strong cast for this and Hugh Skinner brings a real edge to the unpleasant Lord Oliver not shying away from consequences of of actions this is a good start to this new set of adventures 8 out of 10 Lovely. Uh, episode 2 Nicola Bryant gets plenty of opportunity to show more mature sides of her character an opportunity that not every classic companion gets that she makes the most of an interesting tale, 8 out of 10. Um, episode 3 is a story that veers very close to Sapphire and Steel territory. A uh, convoluted time that rewards careful listening, you got it, it's 8 out of 10. And the final one here is episode 4. Nev Fountain builds up a fascinating theory regarding the Doctor's relationship with his companions that could really only have been created by a real fan of the show. And it's an eight out of ten.
2: I think those reviews were ten out of ten reviews. Yeah.
0: Definitely, yeah. Let's just change yeah. it. Just change it.
2: There we are. Ten Man. out of ten. <laughs> well, we were all thinking it, weren't we? That seems fair. I mean I think those those were illegal marks. Illegal. <laughs> fake <laughs> fake mark. marks.
0: They were they were uh, ten out of ten this morning. They just they just managed to find two minuses. Where'd that
2: come from? <laughs> Uh, There'll be more reviews next week. Yeah, of course there will be uh, when we find out what people have been saying about Out of Time starring David Tennant and Tom Baker. Oh, (laughs) yes. And don't
0: forget, in this Pat podcast, we've got so much coming up. Uh, We go behind the scenes with Paul McGann on Time Lord Victorious. Yes. Uh, Behind the scenes on Dalek Empire 3 with David Tennant. And we drama tease you with the first 15 minutes of Shadow of the Daleks (gasps) 2, starring Peter Davison.
2: What a veritable gaggle of doctors there for you. Rock and roll. Mm. Gaggle, gaggle. Uh, Meanwhile, it's quite simply time for... Listener's emails
0: Yes, and you can send your emails To podcast At bigfinish.com <laughs> Very spooky I don't know what that was all about And first up, this one here From Louis Murphy um, Subject of this one is New series question uh, hi, uh, Louie here. Uh, I'm a big fan oh. of Big Finish and Good. the podcast, especially uh, Doctor Who and the new series stuff. Excellent. Um, that's the third Peter Cushing film, isn't it? Um, yeah. Doctor <laughs> Who and the new series stuff. Um, <laughs> as a fond lover of uh, Moffat's and uh, RTD's work in the Who world, how much impact do they have uh, in the stories and box sets about characters they created? For example, uh, Russell T. Davis and the Torchwood stories or moffat and uh, the missy
2: series oh well uh don't call him moffat that's so impersonal you call him stephen with rtd people say russell or, or moffat and you should say stephen he's a very very nice man um, not just being a creep he just is a nice man uh, anyway yes they have some influence they certainly uh um it's, you know, we negotiate the rights with them. I, th- I would say that Russell is a bit more hands-on in terms of having suggestions about what we should and shouldn't do, and also suggests writers that he thinks would be good for it or directors, stuff like that. I don't. I'm not aware that Stevens ever made any suggestions like that. But he, uh, I think he, I think Stevens a bit more. Wow, no, no, fine. I trust you. You get on with it and do it. But Russell likes to be involved. It's not a matter of him not trusting. I think he just wants to, you know, he has an emotional connection and. To be quite frank, we're really grateful for it, actually. I think, you know, especially on Tortured as well, you know, he has such great faith in James Goss and Scott Hancock. Scott's not the producer, James is the producer, but Scott has an awful lot to do with Tortured and directs most of them, I think it's fair to say. And, you know, they they often talk about the way it's going and it all definitely has Russell's blessing. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had a conversation with Stephen about any content to do with his stories. He must see the storylines, though, just to... Uh, but you, know. you and him have a good relationship anyway, don't you? Yeah, you hang
0: yeah, out quite you know, a bit, so I dare say you you probably don't even realise you talk about the stuff when you do. Yeah,
2: well, I don't. I mean, mostly I see Stephen in a group of people, so we don't start talking about Big finished Business during that. But, uh, and of course, yeah, it was since lockdown happened, um, that that group of people, we have been meeting up occasionally on Zoom, but... Um, yeah, but I miss those things Just before lockdown actually uh, Stephen and I had been out for dinner And then we went out for dinner with um, Tom Spilsbury You know, former editor of Doctor Who magazine Very good friend of both of ours uh, And so that was lovely And I miss that I really, you know if there's uh, one major thing that I would like, all this to be over for it, so that I can go out for dinner with Stephen Moffat and Tom <laughs> Uh Also, uh, would you ever consider? Oh no, sorry, you're sorry. I'm reading the email. It's you reading the email. Yeah,
0: sorry. N- yeah, have your own email. N- this n- one's f- <laughs> this one's mine um also uh <laughs> would you consider uh, getting them back to write stories for big finish ah. or if they asked to uh, write a story would they be allowed no um although i understand big finish already have some amazing writers and in fact some of my favorite doctor who writers too
2: if they asked we'd absolutely say yes please um but i know that neither of them are particularly they don't have any ambitions in the direction of writing audio drama um you know i had a conversation with Stephen about the possibility of it and he said I d- i've never written audio I, I don't know aren't you the one are you invented how to do it nick you know he was very generous <laughs> to me you you should you should do it so fair enough uh andy jeffs writes in uh, and says uh what's it subject is buying big finish audios hello nick and benji i bought i davros and doctor who unbound masters of war my first two bf purchases great entertainment for so little money, exclamation mark Yeah, they were on offer, weren't they? Great to hear David Warner as the Doctor Giving a lovely laid-back interpretation of the part And Nick Courtney being so brilliant Ah, oh, there you go I, Davros, I, Davros I guess I'd call it a political thriller With just a touch of Dallas hey. <laughs> da-da, 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 da-da. Excellent stuff I thought that the first episode Had a very Terry Nation-esque feel to it was interested to hear mention of skaro's moons omega mysterium and falcus i have only seen them mentioned in the doctor who and the daleks omnibus book where falcus is said to be an artificial moon did you know this Uh, Mm -hmm. designed by davros and built by the daleks as an indestructible this is a quote repository for the very essence of the dalek life force Terry Nation line if ever I heard it. Exclamation mark, says Andy. <laughs> so Davros could not have seen it in the sky as a young man. Dot, 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 question mark. Yeah. Are we looking at a continuity error there? Are all are all things possible? <laughs> Various vowel sounds. Anyway, please find attached A stupid noise for you both. Created on a CS30. Love what you do and the way that you do it. <laughs> do, 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 do 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 i put that in to make it scan yours andy so here is the stupid noise
8: Love it! I said to we you, didn't it.
0: I, Nick? Because um, you sent it to me completely out of context as well. Uh, I, th- I thought it's an analog uh, synthesizer, and it is the is CS30. Uh, great old old, I think 70s, late 70s synth. Related, of course, to the Yamaha CS80, which was used for Doctor Who, of course, back in back in the day. When was uh, it
2: used for, in Doctor Who for what sort of? Stories? So Peter
0: Howell used it for the 1980 <sighs> Doctor Who theme tune. So it's uh, yes. Yeah, it's uh, an absolute iconic synthesizer there. Um, so yeah, the the CS30 is its little brother um, there, which used for more crazy sound effects and bits and bobs like that. Fantastic! There we go. Great. That was the synthesizer um, podcast for you there.
2: <laughs> um, so I, I've put and finally here, but actually there's two more emails because um, yeah. Well um, and and. Not not the final final, but
0: just the final one. This one here from the penultimate, the Bic Biro penultimate pen joke. And this one here from Sophie Howard. Um, <laughs> I've got subject. Some pens. To here, look. This one is I've got a pen here as well. It's a Bic actually.
2: This is a Bic. Look, a whole box of
0: Bics. I I used to love those big boxes of Bics. A box and of Bics. Box of Bics. A Bic. Big Bic spider <laughs> Um I've got a whiteboard one here. It's the, it's the Bic Vallada. Um oh, wow.
2: That's just I know why would you? Off.
0: Why would they name give give a whiteboard marker such an exotic name? I don't know.
2: To you know s- s-
0: spice up our lives. So, yeah. Well, quite frankly, they, have they got <laughs> a special name? The Bic. Spiderback, I suppose. Um, hello, Nick and Benji. This one's subscriptions. Um, I have a question for Big Finish in the build-up to December and Christmas, which seems wow. too crazy to talk about now after we've just had Halloween. Wow. Uh, this December, I've decided to go ahead and purchase some fantastic Big Finish Doctor Who audios to get to myself through hibernation. I've heard of the subscriptions for each of the doctors, and as I love the brilliant David Tennant, I would certainly jump at the chance to hear more of his voice. I was wondering if you could explain how this works, because I've come up with a lot of questions in my head, uh, which will sound really silly, but I'm clueless. It Um, won't sound silly. You know, if you don't know something, there's no shame in that. Shall we? Shall you rock these one at a time for you, Nick? Okay, yeah, you're the the master. Uh, okay, so um, would you get the
2: past releases or just uh, the releases after you purchase it? Well, these answers come courtesy of Digital Assets Manager Sue Cowley, who's an expert on all this, and I whacked an email over to her this morning, said, oh, can you help me? And very kindly, she got back to me really quickly. So thanks, huge thanks to Sue. Probably, you know, very busy doing lots of important things. Uh, would you get the past releases or just one release after you purchase it? Uh, bundles can be a mix of past and forthcoming stories I mean this is um, really I should hear all the questions first actually because there's there's a general point to make so just hit me with the other questions and then okay I'll...
0: so the other the other two questions here are uh, do the audios just get added to your library when they're released and basically how does it work uh, thank you for taking the time to read through this crazy email from an even crazier human bogey do sent from my iphone
2: Oh that was the anagram of I love goodbye love Bogey Doo. Do, yeah. Is that goodbye? Could be hello, could be goodbye, Bogey Doo. Well anyway, yes, so um you can purchase bundles, not subscriptions, for David Tennant. We don't currently offer subscriptions except on the monthly adventures, and we're phasing out subscriptions because they're not very—they're not such a flexible model, and bundles are much better for you and for us. Anyway, so yes, um, you get past releases. Uh, and forthcoming releases in a bundle it doesn't matter as long as you buy the correct bundle Uh, do the audios just get added to your library when they are released downloads are available for each title in your account on the day of release for cds if you ordered them uh, they'll follow in the post after that date so i think that covers everything doesn't it that's basically how it works sophie they're Shall I a take a this last answer. one, really? I suppose I put them yes, both well, down I've just for you, read but it seems unfair, doesn't it? OK, this is from Paul Wurston or Versten, W-E-R-S-T-E-N, and it's called 2021 Third Doctor. Nick and Benji, greetings from across the pond. I have neither listened to the podcast nor written in a little. However, no, welcome, 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 welcome. Uh, it was perfect to hear the latest podcast and no, Death to the Daleks still creeps into the show. Oh, always, Come on, Benji, always. let's have another That Way Leads to Death. That Way Leads to Death. Anyway, it made me realise I've not heard about the third Doctor Box set for next year. Maybe I missed it, but can we get an announcement soon yes sir. quite soon. Yeah, yeah. i can imagine i can just imagine but i would rather know uh, with the master's 50th anniversary i hope we can have both stories featuring the master one earth one one in space i mean they used him for a whole season so is two stories too much to ask anyway uh, love what you are Doing as always and thank you for being A bright spot in 2020 Making stories in lockdown was a gift To us fans waiting for new content Please let everyone at Big Finish know They are appreciated, stay well Yes I will, uh, lots of you Write in to say things like this and I try To circulate as many uh, emails And comments as possible to all The v- Big Finish people, so Paul um, Yes it's sent from my iPhone Which can be found on the contact Tracing app and usually results. In my house during 2020. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yes, there is a third Doctor box set coming out next year, and Benji will be working on one of the stories. Certainly uh, will. Yeah. Doing the sound design. they have both been recorded. Um, I don't think we've released any information about them yet, so I can't preempt our marketing plans. But rest assured, there is there are two great stories coming, and I really to directing them. That's it for the emails this week. Uh, it's always great to hear from you not just paul but everyone so do feel free to drop us a line at podcast at bigfinish.com
0: Well, time now to go behind the scenes with Time Lord Victorious, The Enemy of My Enemy by Tracy ann Baines and featuring Paul McGann. And we begin with producer Alfie Shaw.
9: Hello, my name is Alfie Shaw and I'm the producer of The Enemy of My Enemy.
3: Who would hijack my TARDIS, drag it through the vortex and dump us in a hold? Ah... I might have guessed.
9: So the bit of information we were given from James Goss as to how this story would fit into the greater *Tom of Victorious narrative is that it had to be the Doctor teaming up with the Dalek time squad and they sort of had to learn that they needed each other. Um, and what we thought would be rather fun is to put them on a planet where the Daleks are surrounded by a load of warmongers like themselves, but they are doing something unusual in the fact that they have to negotiate. And they don't want to negotiate, they want us to do the Dalek thing, which is rock up and kill them all. And the Doctor steps in and, and does the Doctor thing. And these two parties have mutually aligned goals, it's very temporarily, but they have obviously very different ways of going about it. The Daleks are honoured to be welcomed
3: to your planet. As am I. I'm the Doctor, by the way. I'm Paul McGann, and I played Doctor Number Eight. Teaming up with the Daleks has been the biggest thrill of my life. I don't want it to happen again. I think, you know, it, it was it was a special occasion, um, but I'll never I'll never forget it. It's it's made everything worthwhile. You know, when I was a kid, and it's 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 been the summer. It, this is it. I've I've
5: finally scaled the peak. I've climbed the mountain. I've gone to that place. Yeah, man. Hello, I'm Scott Hancock. I am the director of Doctor Who, the enemy of my enemy. I think the thing about the Daleks is they're always looking to double-cross, and, and what's so endearing about the Doctor in some ways is um, he, he always wants to see the best in, in people. So when you've got a strategist going, look, we'll have a secret alliance the other Daleks don't need to know, He he's sort of j- just by nature inclined to go, oh, maybe maybe this is one who's not as, as evil and uh, hell-bent on genocide as the rest. The Doctor trusts me now.
1: My plan to secure his assistance has been
5: successful. I think we've talked elsewhere that um, when you record with people individually, as, as a director, unless you have the other actors looped in, which we didn't on this occasion, you have to read in all the other characters. Uh, And you have to give something of the energy of those characters uh, to get the right reactions. Which, of course, uh, with this script meant I was reading in a a lot of Daleks. Um, Which, you know, I've done before for various things, Um, most notably at a Doctor Who read-through back in 2010. I remember Matt Smith um, stopping proceedings to give me a, a round of applause for my Dalek, which was a lot of fun. So I have four. Uh, the fun thing for this is there are so many different and distinct Dalek characters. And I've worked with Nick a lot, so I sort of had a rough idea how his strategist would sound and his commanders and stuff, and the different pitches. So for Paul's benefit, rather than just me enjoying myself, I did spend a couple of days screeching uh, from my home office in various tones.
3: Without Nick yeah, being the Dalek, um, no, they still sound, whoever's saying it, they still sound like Daleks, I think. To me, anyway it's, uh, It fires the imagination No, no, you, you did a good job You're channeling your inner Nick Or your inner Dalek
2: Hello, I'm Nick Briggs And I'm the voice of the Daleks In The Enemy of My Enemy Remain still, Doctor
3: It's <sighs> oh, twice today you've saved my life
2: You are of value to the Daleks. Recording in isolation, of course, uh, is something that I'm quite familiar with because quite often, you know, there are quite a few Dalek stories done by Big Finish and even in the days before the pandemic, I wasn't always available to do them in the main studio session. So I'd have the scripts and I'd record them on my own at home and that's what I'm doing here. Uh, And it's it's quite conducive to being a Dalek because you're sort of like a... ...a mad creature locked away in a box, basically. (laughs) And maybe not quite as unpleasant as actually being a Dalek... ...but it does sort of help you to get into character. Of course, it's quite nice to bounce off the other actors... ...but the Daleks are pretty self-obsessed. So, yeah, um, I would say not too much hardship being in isolation, being a Dalek... ...except for the fact that all the shouting generates a lot of heat in the room, and me, and so its it gets a little sticky, let's put it that way, to be delicate. But Axians may be planning a deception. This is possible. The good thing is about coming up with uh, the different Dalek voices, is that the uh, writers uh, have have put in the scripts the kind of voice they should have. And also, over the years, I've developed lots of different Dalek voices I can call on and do maybe, you know, a combination of one or the other. You know, the scientist, I've decided to go with the sort of uh, Michael Wisher stroke um, Alec Guinness kind of uh, speaks like that. And... uh the the uh, and the strategist uh, I think is described as so old and ancient, so there's a, a huskiness, and I don't think we've ever really had a husky Dalek before. Um, but it's all it makes it you know all the more all the more interesting really. And I think that the Time Squad idea has uh, really uh, taken the idea of different Dalek personalities and run with it.
10: Hello. I'm Tracy ann Baines and I wrote episode two, The Enemy of My Enemy. It was really exciting to be asked to write for an episode of Big Finish, especially for the Doctor Who series. I've been a fan of Doctor Who since oh, a very long time and I was so excited to finally be able to write for this character. And the Daleks. I mean, who doesn't want to write for the Daleks, the the ultimate enemy of Doctor Who? So yes, it was an interesting process. Um, I, I'm used to writing for TV and film, so to to switch to audio drama was quite challenging at first. Um, you have to write in a slightly different way. Um, obviously, you're less reliant on visuals, but you want to be able to uh, get the audience, the listener, to visualise the 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 story you're writing so it was a very exciting experience and I I thoroughly enjoyed the whole process
3: it's like you're whispering sweet nothings in my ear I do not understand sweet nothings never mind
10: it was fun writing for the Daleks and if I'm honest somewhat challenging at times in this particular episode the enemy of my enemy the Daleks and the doctor spend an awful lot of time in each other's company So to all intents and purposes, the Daleks become the Doctor's companions, especially the character of the Dalek strategist. And as we all know, the Daleks are not particularly renowned for their witty repartee or lighthearted conversation. So it it made for an interesting writing experience to try and emulate that that banter that we're so used to hearing between the Doctor and his companion in, in his adventures. Another interesting aspect of this particular story was the Daleks' manipulation of the Doctor and their attempts to make him a seemingly unwitting pawn in their devious schemes. Not only are they trying to solve the mystery of the alterations within time and history, but they also want to defeat the Vraxians. But with the Doctor's moral compass, uh, the complete polar opposite to the Daleks, they have to fi- keep finding a way to deceive and outwit him at every step. And it's it was playing around with the idea that is the Doctor being as manipulated and deceived as the Daleks think he is? Or does is he more aware of the situation than they realise? So it was trying to play with that storyline and, and have the, the two parties essentially try and outwit each other without letting on that the other knows what the other one is up to
2: just go to bigfinish.com and type enemy of my enemy into the search pane at the top you know the yeah, yeah, sort of you yeah, yeah. uh, just and that's where you'll find this beauty yeah there in the breadcrumbs at the top you'll see the time lord victorious range which you can click and discover all sorts of goodies. Madness, absolute madness.
0: <laughs> well, time now for a special archive feature uh, to celebrate our digital re release this week of the entire Dalek Empire series. As 18 episodes of full on Dalek action, it's highly acclaimed, much loved, and with a stellar cast, including, of course, David Tennant, uh, who features in these behind the scenes interviews.
4: For me it all started when I picked up the call. Report immediately to Galactic Union HQ Planet 9, security priority most secret. Victory, 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 victory,
6: victory, victory.
1: Or death. Find me the Daleks.
7: Victory, 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 victory. The thought that Karlendorf had planted in me. You're ah! ah!
9: ah! right. Never mind me. fire on the engine. I've got to get out of here before we're blown to pieces.
1: Ah! Save the lives of millions, perhaps billions.
7: Yes, yes, of course. You see, I might, aren't I? But a hostile alien species could threaten all our interests. There is
5: no evidence of a hostile threat.
7: Good old Psy
5: I felt the destructive power of the Daleks.
10: 2004 sees the return of one of
7: Big Finish's most popular series. Here, the cast and writer-director Nicholas Briggs... Talk us through Dalek Empire 3. At the end of Dalek
6: War, in the last CD, Nick does quite clearly say this is the end of the series. So I was surprised. But then he said it was quite far in the future
7: and there were a couple of characters that were, you know, continuing through and he felt that there were things he wanted to still say and write about. But when I found out
6: that there was going to be a third, I was a bit miffed
8: because I said I want to be in it, Nick. I can't be in the first two, not the third.
2: According to the sleeve notes of Dalek War, Dalek War was the end of the story which began with Dalek Empire.
7: Writer and director,
2: Nicholas Briggs. So I didn't actually say that it would be the last ever Dalek Empire series, and I I did that on purpose, because even though I did intend it to be the last ever one, I thought there was a possibility that I might... um, might go back on that. And also, what I was really thinking about was to do Dalek Empire 3 as a anthology series. So I thought, well, yeah, Dalek War is the end of that continuing story, and then we'll uh, go back into the events of Dalek Empire and maybe even Dalek War and do little stories based on things that were happening that weren't part of the main narrative. But, of course, uh, what happened was I asked uh, Rob Shearman and Clayton Hickman to uh, pitch ideas for um, episodes of an anthology series, and they both very kindly said, we'd rather not do it because we wanted to find out what happens next, and it's your series, and we prefer listening to it rather than writing it. So that was very generous of them, and it it kind of um, buoyed me up and... and, uh, sparked off my imagination. I think you can only be imaginative when you're feeling confident, and they made me feel confident. It, it just suddenly occurred to me that, well, this whole post-great-catastrophe galaxy uh, and what's going to happen to Tarkov, well, was quite a quite fertile ground for a whole new story, really. And I thought... It's, it still holds true to what I said, that the, the, uh, the Dalek War was the end of that story. I thought, well, here's a chance to do an almost entirely new story. I wrote uh, a fairly broad storyline with not too much detail in just areas of, you know, completely pointless detail you get sort of sidetracked into. Um, What's the question?
8: Uh, yeah, Kamie is uh, a young, young um, person that applies to be a warden on Graxis Major. Laura Reese, and uh, and there's there, there's this sort of um, thing about her that she she doesn't she's not sure. It's almost like she doesn't know what she wants to do with her life, and she decides to to become a warden because um, her grandma and grandpa were wardens uh, on Graxis Minor. Um, although they served on grexits major as well oh, that's good quite good isn't it um, uh, uh, and and she applies to be a warden but she copies she finds her grandma's um, application and and copies that that the the what she wrote on her application for her, for for camie's application and she's accepted to be a warden um, because it's a good answer or something like that. So there's some sort of history that, and as the story goes on, she she's an unlikely good warden. She, she she's really bumbling when she first um when she first gets dropped onto Grexus Major from the ship <laughs> in space. Uh, um, she she she's really all over the place. She doesn't know what you know. Oh God, I don't. Actually, I don't want to do it at all. I want to go away now. Thanks, bye. And and but she's put put into the suit and she's dropped onto and. And it's very funny, kind of the comedy, you know, um sidekick, whatever you want to call it. But um uh, but then she turns as the story goes on, um, she turns out to be actually quite competent and passionate about about the things that she has to do. Well, it's it's
10: fascinating really, because you if you don't look at the person in the booth, you know, you suddenly hear this and it really is this sort of disembodied voice. It's it's really scary. Claudia Elmhurst. If you can't see the actor who's doing it, and you just hear this voice and it's amazing the effect it has on my character because i feel like she's she's stuck she's caught with them she wishes she didn't have to be um reporting to them and and sort of you know giving away all this information but she she has to
7: well the first time i heard the dalek voice come through i was terrified aisha benison i mean it's just such kind of memories childhood memories really and uh, it was amazing it really is spooky i mean it's weird uh and the very funny thing is when he when he directs you as the dalek as well so you take your notes from the dalek so you know you do take orders uh but it's very funny it's very funny but it's, it's it has got a, it is scary there's no question about
2: it it's frightening shortly after i'd met uh, david tennant uh I I met up with him again at Mark Gatus' birthday party. It was very showbiz. And uh he uh was flattering me by treating me as if I was an important person and telling me how much he'd like creatures of beauty. I thought well, that's all very nice. And and then he said, you know, uh what what are you working on next? And I said, Well I'm doing the next series of Dalek Empire And he said, Oh I've, I've apart for me in that and he detected something crossing my face which was uh, I was thinking, well, it would be lovely to have you in it because you're a very good actor, but you are Scottish. And Mark Macdonald, although he was sort of doing a northern accent, sounded a bit Scottish as well because he does have a Scottish accent. And I thought, I don't know whether I want a leading character who will, in some appalling superficial way, sound a bit similar. And he just detected this look on my face and he said, um, he said, but I can lose the Scotch he actually said Scotch as a sort of joke. And, and, I, and I yeah, that set me thinking. So while I was writing it, more and more, I thought of David doing it. And then when I'd finished it, I phoned him up and asked him if he'd like to do it. And he said um, he was just finishing doing this play at the National. And he said, oh, they're asking me to do another play. Uh, but, you know, frankly, I don't want to do it, Nick. I'd rather come and do the Daleks. I said, oh, my God, you can't, you've got to do the work at the National. And he said, well, I don't know. And I thought he was just being nice to me but he did turn down the national. <laughs> I said, can I say you turned it down to do the Daleks? And he said, yeah, you can say that he was so keen to do it. It just left this incredible message that just filled me with, you know, uh, um, energy and joy to embark
4: upon the production. Galinar, He's, um, don't want to give too much away, obviously, but he's a, he's a sort of special agent,
10: David Tennant.
4: Um, f- uh, and he's working for Georgie Celestru, um, played by William Gaunt. Uh, and uh, we don't really know very much about him. He, he's he's obviously not a kind of straightforward bloke. He doesn't drink, and he seems to have some special powers. Uh, and basically, over the course of uh, six episodes, you discover a bit more about that. But uh, I won't reveal too much. Um, and uh, he is called in to by uh, Celestria to to find the Daleks um, uh, because Celestria doesn't believe they're as altruistic as they're claiming to be. So that's that, that's what he does. Uh, he uh, he he goes undercover and he tries to find out who the Daleks are, where they are, and what exactly they're doing uh, with this with this uh, variant seven, uh, which is supposed to be curing the plague. So I'm sent to find out: uh, Are they the healers that they claim to be? I uh, I have the best time ever, um, and it, it's uh, it's great fun. I just did one the other week as well um, with. Uh, with Colin Baker, um, who I'd never met before, he was charming, um, and I love them. I it's just such good fun, and they're so well written and so well cast. And I mean, it, it, they're just it's just great to come and do them. I remembered for, again from when I was a kid um, the the Dalek annuals. And I think I was thinking they were sort of going to be like them. sort of, And, and they kind of are, in a way. I think they're slightly more sophisticated. <laughs> but um, they are, you know, they're kind of uh, human galactic agencies kind of battling against these, uh, these sort of Nazi-like forces. So I suppose that's what I was expecting, and that kind of what is what they are. But Nick writes these very uh, involved and uh, uh, complex kind of political situations, which is great, um, but it, it's a real space opera. Um, uh, so I can It sort of was what I was expecting, I think um, But but much more involved And complex And and, uh, 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 and exciting than that
2: Just go to bigfinish.com And type Dalek Empire into the search pane At the top, you know, the little thing Sort, sort of like round with a sort of yeah. Sort of, yeah in yeah, fact, yeah. it's something, frankly That you should probably do every morning uh, And there you will be able to Get your ears wrapped around this Great digital package and if that weren't good enough, here's a special mega trailer for all 18 episodes. From Big Finish
8: Productions, Dalek Empire. The invasion of the Daleks has begun! Dalek Empire? What was that
7: thing? A Dalek?
4: Suze, we've got to get off this planet and fast. What? The Daleks are going to wipe us out, and if they don't.
8: What? What is it, Albie?
4: You'll soon wish they had... It.
8: Silence! No! No, I won't be silent! Just kill me, too! That's what you do, isn't it? Humanoid
1: exhibiting behaviour of abnormality within higher grade response parameters.
8: Have you got any plans? Or are you just making this all up as you go along? You will proceed into the cell! Stop <laughs> <laughs> <So pat.
1: laughs> You! So- Chocolate. Do not make
2: that uh, uh, noise! My
1: name. Your name? Karlendorf. Suze. It was nice knowing you, Suze. Whoa! What the hell was that? You
0: spilt the coffee! You have done well!
8: Work us any harder, it'll stop permanently because we'll all be dead. We can obtain
1: more slaves. These are the creatures who flattened every city on this planet, blotted out the sun, choked out the atmosphere. They came screaming out of the skies, gunning down anyone who wasn't fast enough to get out of the way. This is Fleet Commander Karlemdorf aboard Flagship Courageous. This is the beginning of the
2: final battle. We have come a long way together, have we not? Indeed. Many years of war, and now we stand upon the brink of victory.
1: and
7: Mendez must be located!
4: We paid! Victory, victory, victory for the Daleks! Victory for the Daleks! That signal was a distress call from the Emperor of the Daleks. No!
7: You're working for the Daleks, aren't you? No. Now, we're not working for the Daleks. We're not working for either faction. Death to the Daleks.
8: Death, 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 death to the Daleks!
7: When I said those words, I saw the crowds overpowering my Dalek guards. For a moment, I thought I was gonna live. Exterminate!
4: No! Enemy Daleks? Aren't all Daleks enemies? Enemy Daleks have committed the greatest crimes known
1: to our universe.
7: Why are these Daleks your enemies? Their actions
1: contravene everything the Daleks in our universe stand for.
7: And what do you stand for? Peace. Order. (laughs)
4: Variant Seven. Isn't that the proposed cure for the NFS plague? Galina, find me the Daleks. Ah! Oh dear, where the hell is it?
6: Having trouble?
4: What? Report!
6: There's one. I've been tailing him for
1: weeks. He must be recruited to our cause. I I, I... don't know what to do
8: (laughs) anymore. Oh! What if we don't? You'll kill all of us. Is that how it works?
2: As I said, the Daleks have full executive powers here. The Daleks
8: wish only to
1: help you.
8: How does killing people help us? Begin
1: activation of the tectonic devices. Probes responding to activation signal. Power levels stabilizing. Increase power.
7: Here comes a lovely cup of coffee. A what? Lovely and warm. VICTORY! 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 As the Dalek fleet advanced, all our defenses were brushed aside and star system after star system fell. Our galaxy is being colonized. Enslaved.
1: Slave workforce efficiency is maintained by the human traitor Susan
7: Mendez. We're becoming part of the Dalek Empire, and as the years pass, it seems we can do nothing to stop the Daleks.
3: Oh my God!
7: <laughs> this is what we're calling the Spacer. As you can see, it strongly resembles a spacesuit.
4: Any man or woman of fighting age can step up here, take off the rags and skins you're wearing now, and put on one of these.
7: Its wearer controls it by means of vocal commands, mental impulses, and delicate muscular control. No way. You can go. You can go right now. These human beings must be exceptional.
1: What are you going to do to us? You will be transported as
0: slave labor.
7: A regiment we will call the Fearless.
0: My people fight to get in his squad. They think he's some sort of miracle worker. Well, that's the biggest Dalek fleet I've ever seen. Victory! Victory!
2: Big finish. We love stories. Oh, that sounded great rock and Thanks, roll mate. Thanks,
0: well very soon now we'll be teasing you with the first 15 minutes absolutely free of Shadow of the Daleks 2 Echo Chamber by Jonathan Barnes
2: and starring Peter Davison but before that the Randomoid Selectatron offers you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release
0: Well, Ran has
2: rocked, and Ran has produced 148 Doctor Who Rat Trap. Oh, Doctor Who Rat Trap. That is written by Tony Lee. I think it's the only Doctor Who release he's written for us. Uh, There we are. Here's the trailer. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who Rat Trap.
6: Sounds like someone's in trouble. We should go and help. Turlo? Look at this. A dead rat in an
1: old abandoned tunnel. Who'd have thought it?
7: It's much larger than a normal Terran rat. There's something strange here.
1: We're trapped down here. There's always a way out, Kevin. We just have to find it.
7: Forgive me, Doctor, but you seem to be enjoying this. It does that. Did you hear that? Hear what? That voice.
1: You are
3: not. Take
1: that! We are future. Your, Your time, time is ended. ended. Oh everywhere Oh no Oh no please no oh, don't take me uh, what the hell is that? I think it was human but as for what it is now
7: uh, Whatever it is it's strong Doctor Rats behind us
1: No look out Andrews uh. What was that? The tunnel's collapsing, I expect. (laughs) Too much structural damage. The entire place will probably fall in a matter of minutes.
2: Subscribers get more at bigfinish.com. It's an interesting uh, story. Urban explorers in the uh, Cadogan Tunnels. Um, Is it pronounced Cadogan? I would go
0: with Cadogan, yeah. Yeah,
2: near uh, um, Dover. Uh, all sorts of weird stuff going on there, and you can see on the cover—it's really terrifying. Cover with those sort of rats and rats. all sorts of. Of course, this is great,
0: relevant for us. We've got our fifteen-minute uh, drama teaser, Peter Davison at the end. So, rocking that Rand has produced a Peter Davison story as well. This is
2: uh... what is it with Rand?
0: <laughs> Rand knows. You see, Rand does know. This, of course, featuring uh, Tegan Turlo and uh, Nissa as well. Nissa from the future. Well, older nissa
2: oh, Later right on nissa I, I think so, yeah. yeah. Well, there we are. That's a great bargain as well. Uh, 25% off that. You get the 25% off by going to the Big Finish website. Now, you can either hit the tab at the top that says podcast, or you can go into the audiobooks, and you can see a range called the Big Finish podcast, or you can go further down on the homepage and see the latest podcast there and you'll see in the text in any of those locations it says the randomoid selectron also features click here and you click there and you go to the offer on the site and there's uh, there's a code you have to enter isn't there benji what's the code the code is buck up all capital letters b-u-c-k-u-p
0: put that one in and uh, the magic will be yours lovely there the magic yeah. hmm. Well, thank you, Ran, rock and roll I keep saying rock and roll, I need to stop and roll You um, <laughs> never cease to amaze her, of course And delight us uh, Sadly, though, it is time for us to say goodbye But just to make up that I think, why not do it in the style of Bilal From Death to the Daleks Oh So, that way leads to goodbye
2: Goodbye <laughs> <laughs> It's the excellent City dying, isn't it? <laughs> oh, you know that was done by two of the cast members, do you? <laughs> yeah. just, it? Being, just being them. utterly silly.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Love it, though. And while we're away, why not enjoy the first 15 minutes, absolutely free, of Doctor Who: Shadow of the Daleks 2 Echo Chamber by Jonathan Barnes starring Peter Davison.
6: live from our satellite recording booth around the second moon of folly comes the most provocative talk program in this sector of space. Buckle up, brace yourselves and get ready for the most outrageous and irreverent host in the galaxy, Mr. Silas Hexeter. You think it, but he dares to say it. Due to issues around ongoing paternity leave, Silas Hexeter is unable to be here for today's show. So, standing in for him is a man well-known for his outrageous, no-holds-barred willingness to say the unsayable. Yes, it's that mysterious traveller in time and space. The Doctor.
1: Uh, right. Yes, hello. Um... Well, I I certainly am the Doctor, although, to be honest with you, and I I think we should be honest with each other right from the start, I'm not entirely certain what I'm doing here. Just
8: do it
6: like we discussed. Talk to them, be honest, above all, be yourself.
1: Right. Yes, of course. Uh, In case you were wondering, the voice you just heard belongs to our producer, an extremely dedicated and knowledgeable Madeline.
7: It's K-Marie 943, actually.
1: Oh, sorry, I thought it was Madeline. Can't think why. I wonder if it's because you remind me of someone I've met before more than once. Hello? K-Marine 943? She's gone. Or rather, she's not responding. So, I think the idea is that I'm supposed to just get on with it now. Apologies, then, to uh, those of you who are still listening. I suppose there are some of you out there. Listening? It's really rather hard to tell from here.
6: Standing at the forefront of the galaxy's conversation, The Silas Hexeter Show, now featuring The Doctor.
1: Ah, right. (laughs) Must have been the producer dropping that in. Probably meant to chivvy me along, rather. So, um, yes, I'm The Doctor. I'm a traveller, normally, a wanderer. An interested, curious, and, uh, oh, I like to think, thoroughly benign sort of stranger. I've never actually hosted a radio show before, and I, and I strongly suspect that there are other versions of me who might be rather better suited to this sort of thing. Uh, still, I'm going to do what I can, and I'm going to uh, try my best. That's all that can be expected from many of us, I should have thought. In the end. To be entirely honest with you... Uh, I'm not quite sure how I came to be in this position. There's a gap in my memory, you see, of about an hour or so. I was travelling through this part of the universe for some reason and I made an unscheduled landing. Don't ask me why. Probably a distress signal. It usually is. And then, uh, well, the next thing I know is I seem to be standing in for a chap called uh, Silas Hexeter. So, here I am in a tiny little booth with a microphone clipped to my lapel in a place where, believe it or not, a stick of celery used to be. <laughs> and to anyone listening who knows the full story of my being here, I'm putting you on notice. In the course of this show, I will discover exactly how this has come about. I will find out who's brought me to this place, and above all, I will find out why.
7: Okay, Doctor, that's your opening monologue done. Transnet lines are open now.
1: Right. Jolly good. And again, to everyone at home, uh, thank you for bearing with us. Uh, So, what's the topic this morning? Isn't there usually some everyday controversy with these things?
6: Look at the screen in front of you, Doctor. It's all on there.
1: Ah, yes, of course. The screen. This discreet, busy little screen. Uh, And it looks like today's first port of call is... uh, Ah, the forthcoming peace treaty due to be signed tomorrow between the tribe of Lepitan and the Pellant Glomeration. Hmm. I think I read about that once. In a history book.
7: Oh, we've got a call coming in on line five.
1: Marvellous. Uh, do put them through. Hello? Hello. You're through to the Silas Hexter show with me, the Doctor. Uh, what's your name? It's Brian. Brian?
9: Yeah. Why? That's surprising to you.
1: Sorry, I thought that... Given the part of space we're in, and given that this is the 42nd century, there really wouldn't be any Bryans left.
9: Well, maybe I'm the last of them. Last of the Bryans. Maybe my parents had tastes which were a bit on the retro side. And maybe, Mr So-Called Doctor, you've just let your own prejudices slip through. You're as bad as Silas Hexeter.
1: Wait, hang on a minute. You don't like Silas Hexeter?
9: I can't stand him. It makes me want to spit.
1: So why are you calling into his show? Why are you even listening to it in the first place?
9: Because I like to disagree with him, that's all right, isn't it? That's normal.
1: I suppose it must be, if you say so. So then, Brian, um, we're talking today about this peace treaty due to be signed between what, at least if memory serves, are two mighty galactic powers, the tribe of Lepitan and the Pellant Glomeration... They've been at each other's throats for generations, isn't that right? And now, to avoid any further bloodshed, they've downed their weapons and got together to promise in writing never to lay so much as a tentacle on each other again. Well, surely this is a good thing, isn't it? Surely no one can argue against a peaceful accord like this one.
9: Well, I think it's disgusting.
1: Oh? Why's that, Brian?
9: Well, I don't think it should be allowed. Reckon it ought to be banned.
1: Yes, but why?
9: I don't trust them, do I?
1: Who? The Pellent Glomeration or the tribe of Lepiton?
9: The Pellent lot. Bunch of suits, aren't they? Smug, supercilious, looking down their noses at you suits.
1: Actually, Brian, each individual creature who makes up a part of the agglomeration is essentially a man sized cephalopod with nothing that one would immediately recognise as a nose. Yes, there
9: you go, you see, that's exactly what I'm talking about. You come on here, you don't let me get a word in edgeways, you're condescending, you're snooty right from the off. It really boils me, you know that. Brian,
1: please, <laughs> I was just reminding you of the agglomeration's physical form but perhaps it was needlessly pedantic on my part. Uh, So, uh, this suspicion of yours about the peace treaty, have you any reason at all to doubt the good intentions of the agglomeration? Well, for that matter, of the tribe of Lepitan?
9: Not as such, no. Probably they're both as tired of it all as we are.
1: So why are you so suspicious?
9: Just doesn't feel right, does it?
1: It doesn't feel right.
9: Two great powers like that suddenly downing tools and trying to be mates. I mean, it's not natural. It's against the order of things.
1: Or, from another point of view, maybe there's nothing more natural after years of horrible conflict than a sincere and shared desire for quiet cooperation and peace. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of which, Brian, uh, you sound a little troubled yourself. Maybe even, if you don't mind my saying, ever so slightly belligerent. Are you quite all right at the moment? Brian, are you happy?
9: Silas doesn't do it like this.
1: Well, I'm not Silas, am I? And we're doing things differently here today.
9: Weirdo, that's what you are.
1: Oh, now that is a pity. I think he's hung up. Well, uh, do keep those calls coming in. And now, at least according to my screen, it's time to hear a few words from one of our generous sponsors.
5: Do you think there's too much anger in the universe today?
6: What the flip was that? Excuse me? You weren't aggressive enough, were you? You weren't outrageous enough. You didn't say anything which we're all secretly thinking, but which we also believe we're not allowed to say.
1: Now now look here, I did my best, and I really would very much appreciate an explanation from you of exactly how I've come to be here.
8: Seriously? Oh, and in the name of the many-faced deity, you've left your flipping microphone on. Oh, Alright?
1: right.
8: Come
1: here. We are proud to introduce you to the Green Sleeves Respite, probably the friendliest spa in the galaxy. Be transported for free from anywhere in the sector to a beautiful oasis of calm and tranquility. Come to a world where you'll be treated like a king, but where no anger, rage, or fury is permitted. All here is peaceable agreement guaranteed. So get away from it all. Book a stay with us now, at the
2: Greensleeves Respite, where there's nary a cross word. Terms and conditions apply. Some therapists may be formed from the reconstituted bodies of the dead. Right, um, welcome back
1: to the Silas Hexter Show with me, the Doctor, standing in for him today. First of all, apologies if you heard a little bit of background chatter just now between me and my producer. It was uh, a technical error, brought about mostly, uh, well, by me being the new boy. It-, it won't happen again, promise. And if you've just joined us, we've thrown open the lines this morning to anyone who wants to talk about the peace accord due to be signed by the tribe of Lepitan and the Pellan agglomeration We've already heard from Brian, who's dead set against the whole thing, for reasons which are still, at least to me, opaque. But now, on line four, we've got a new caller. Hello, you're through to the Doctor.
6: Oh, hello. Um, Is that the Doctor?
1: Yes, and you're live on the Silas Hexeter show.
6: Oh, my. (laughs) So
1: so who are you and why are you calling?
6: Well, um... I've heard the show before with Mr Hexteter, but I'm a first-time caller, and I have to say, Doctor, I do like this new approach of yours.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much.
6: I'm actually a part of the Pellant Glomeration myself.
1: Ah, so you must have a strong view on all this.
6: Oh, I do. I think it's wonderful. And, of course, it's not before time. But I am so looking forward to a new age of peace and understanding.
1: Well, it's nice to hear a positive view on the programme.
6: But it it wasn't that which made me call.
1: No? What was it, then?
6: I, I was thinking about what you were saying to your last caller. Brian? Yes, Brian. I was thinking about how you said he seemed so unhappy and belligerent.
1: Well, he did, rather.
6: And then I thought... Well, isn't that terribly sad? I have to say, Doctor, your voice is full of calm wisdom. It's inspired me. So, Brian, if you're still listening, I'd like to reach out to you. I'd be happy to meet for a chat, and you'd see that those of us in the pellant agglomeration aren't so bad. No better or worse than any other beggar. It's like the Doctor said at the top of the show, we're most of us just trying our best for most of the time.
1: And it's wonderful to hear you say so. So, do get in touch, Brian, if you're still listening. Uh, Now, uh, to go back to that question of this peace treaty, I wonder what you think is the logical next step after this? Hello? Hello, caller? Oh. We seem to have lost them. Oh, odd. And we didn't even get a chance to say goodbye. Oh. And there's something on my screen. Uh, Ah, it would seem that my producer actually cut off our last caller herself. Something about them being insufficiently angry. How strange. Ah, but here's another one. Hello, hello, Doctor. Welcome to the show. What's encouraged you to call in today?
9: Doctor, I am furious.
1: Oh, really? What about?
9: What about... I'll tell you exactly what about.
1: Well, I was rather hoping you would.
9: <laughs> well, I'm furious about the topic of the day.
1: And what exactly is that topic?
9: Well, it's what you were just saying, you and the other fellow, something about the, the the peace treaty. Yeah, that was it. it. Makes me see red, honestly. It makes me spit. Caller? What?
1: Could you tell me where you're calling from?
9: Well, I'm at home, aren't I? Just relaxing at home.
1: And can you tell me what that home looks like? What are you talking about? Just describe to me what you see right now. While you're talking to me,
9: it's just an ordinary home, isn't it? The sort of home that would probably belong to any other regular, unexceptional, hard-working citizen of the universe. Of course, you wouldn't know about that. Please
1: describe it to me. The room you're in, the furniture, the lighting, anything, anything at all. Hello. Are you still there? Doctor, it's so dark here.
9: It's so dark and it's lonely. We're in a high place. Help us, Doctor. Please.
1: PLEASE! Hello? Listen, where are you? If you're being held against your will, I'll do all I can to help you, I promise you that. I won't leave you. Not again. And do you know, I'm starting to think there's something familiar about your voices.
6: He's gone, Doctor.
1: Gone? Gone where? What exactly is happening here on this station?
6: No more questions. No more investigation. Not unless you want
3: to-
2: information. That's what you want, isn't it? Information. That's what you're after. Information. That's what you just can't get enough of.
0: Oh, wasn't that good, eh? Well, you've been listening to a Big Finish production, and we'd love it if you could rate it highly, review it splendidly, and subscribe enthusiastically. (laughs) And I mean, come on, it's free, so give it a go. Why
8: not?